This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Avast ye legger louts, you're joining the Raptors Reaction Podcast, where they've just tackled and beaten the Grizzlies. Hi, I'm Samson Folk, <laughs> and you're listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast, coming to you live after the Raptors beat the Grizzlies, solidified themselves as the Atlantic Division champs for something like the millionth time in a row. They've really dominated that division over the last however many years with Masai Ujiri and Kyle Lowry in tow. They win 108-99 to and unfortunately put a real damper on the Grizzlies' future playoff chances and what's going to happen with that team and just basically what's going on over there. The Raptors, obviously, it would have been better for the Grizzlies to win this one. Alas, they do not. But let's jump into the game. We'll start in the first quarter, as most games do, I think. Both teams standing pretty tall, with their defense, the Raptors suffering a more lapses early on just because of how things were going. The Grizzlies more often able to get the Raptors' defense into rotation towards the back end. 
the Raptors, as we know, their defense does incentivize a lot of corner three-point shots. And the Grizzlies, you know, they I guess they understood that. And so they, they had some shooters in the corners. And not great shooters, but players who made shots in this game. They hit seven threes in the first quarter. And I think that was accountable for 21 of their 25 points in the first frame. So maybe not completely sustainable offense, but enough offense to power them past the Raptors for that first bit. The Raptors on the other side having a lot of trouble breaking down the Grizzlies defense. Jonas Valanciunas doing a great job in the middle of the floor defensively. I think deterring a lot of motion towards the rim or towards the paint. Dylan Brooks, John Morant, I think both had pretty impressive defensive games. John Morant more in the second half. Dylan Brooks just the whole game I think is worth pointing out. And he was a hound above the break. And kind of the same thing that happened to the Raptors when they played the Celtics when they had... Tatum, Brown, Smart, swarming a lot of their actions up there. They kept the ball above the break and weren't able to get downhill very much, which is obviously what they need to do. It's a big part of their offense. So the Grizzlies limiting that a little bit, but the Raptors still able to kind of crawl and squirm their way to 20 points in the first quarter. But down five after the first, the Raptors maybe worrying people a little bit because there was like, well, they had that poor first quarter against the Celtics. Maybe this is a precursor of more things to come. But that did change. The Raptors were able to pull it around, eventually taking the lead at 39-36. to In doing so, a nice run that they broke off that involved two Matt Thomas triples. He came off pin downs and introduced, you know, a, th- a three-point game to the Raptors that really wasn't there up until he was in the game. I think they were 0 of 8 from downtown or something like that. Just not able to make the Grizzlies pay. So the Grizzlies super, super solidified and validated for their ability to kind of sit back in the paint and deny shots there. But the Raptors, for what it's worth, kind of turned it around. That above the break action that I was talking about earlier, the Raptors were able to get downhill a little bit more often. A lot of credit should go to Fred Van Vliet in that regard turning pseudo-transition into legitimate transition options. Norman Powell as well, getting some pin-downs called for him in which he can curl and kind of blast off towards the basket, adding a, a very punchy element to the Raptors' offense that always isn't that isn't always there, I should say. It's not like OG Ananobi is a real threat off of pin-downs in that way. Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, not as explosive towards the rim as a Norman Powell, and certainly not against larger defenses. So Powell bringing that in, doing a great job. Ibaka as well had a really impressive second half, but in the early part of the game, I think flubbing pocket passes, just not able to find the pacing in the pick and roll, adding to a little bit of the offensive consternation a little bit. But the Raptors, for what it's worth, are able to space out the floor eventually. They start hitting more threes. You know, we had a really impressive... Well, Norm doesn't get a lot of pick-and-roll possessions, so we saw a Norm pick-and-roll possession with Siakam as the screener. Siakam popped afterwards. Norm found him. He had a three. Really nice to see little developments like that because the Raptors' offense, a lot of the time, will not go to a play like that. So once they start widening the playbook a little bit just to see what's happening, just kind of shake the rust off of what we're seeing in the offense currently, when they have success, really nice to see. But the Raptors as a whole hitting some triples, getting to the basket a little bit more often. Very nice to see the role men starting to get more space to run at the bucket. Back cuts are more effective now because they've effectively, I think, spaced out the Grizzlies' defense. So we're looking at a much more competent offense. They put up 40 points in that second quarter. Transition, three-point shooting, all that kind of stuff, fueling them out to a 60-54 to lead at halftime. 
And the second half in this game, I think, was fairly similar to the second half in the Orlando Magic game, where we saw the Raptors get very close to pulling all the way away. But then once again, which has been the Raptors to this point, have turned the ball over on almost 20% of their possessions in the bubble. Really sloppy, really, really sloppy at taking care of the ball. And John Morant and Dylan Brooks really turning up the defensive heat as far as where they're playing, the guys they're defending. So John Morant, who was guarding Fred Van Vliet for most of the game, I think did a really, really great job of limiting what Fred Van Vliet was about to do. And so while the Raptors, they hit some threes, they had a lot of nice offensive continuity going, that eventually stalled out a little bit in the second half. And towards the start of the fourth quarter, the Raptors gave up a 13-1 run to the Grizzlies, and it brought them all the way back in the game. They got within three points, I think, at 95-92. to And this was after the Raptors were up like 84-70, to 88-71, and for the most part staying 12-15 to points ahead. And then that rapid offense from the Grizzlies coming in and a complete stagnation in what the Raptors were doing offensively on the other end led to that 13-1 run and so you see Dylan Brooks hits a pull-up jumper and you know it's a little bit like oh no they're making the comeback but luckily for the Raptors they employ a player who's in the starting lineup of the all-star game this year for the the Giannis team I should say And Siakam kind of took the Raptors under his wing, made two back-to-back triples that gave the Raptors some breathing room. This is in the last five minutes of the game, so once again, leaning into the fact that the Raptors are one of the best clutch offenses in the league, are one of the best clutch teams in the league, and that the playbook gets a little bit more creative down the stretch of games. And Pascal Siakam, after I think having quite a few tough games in the bubble, able to press his advantages as a scorer more often in this one, whereas we're seeing... A lot of hesitation on his part in past games so he wasn't all the way back to classic Siakam that we're very used to where he's really really dynamic off the dribble he's a heady passer as well the passing wasn't really there in this one I mean there were a couple flashes but for the most part he just brought it as a scorer so that's that's what he had in this game and that's how he closed this game out and I thought that was really impressive that he wasn't all the way back but he's able to focus in on that aspect of his game and of course the defense is there as well But Kyle Lowry, for example, not really able to create with regularity in this game. And I think that has been something that's been a little bit of a trend over the past two or three games. Fred Van Vliet has been operating as the de facto lead guard, I think. And in this game was for the first half. But John Morant, I thought, did a really great job defensively on him. So the offense stalls out and Pascal Siakam kind of throws the cape on. He's like, okay, if the guards aren't able to create with regularity, I'm going to have to step in and I'm just going to score the damn ball. But that was a huge development for the Raptors in being able to close out this game and hopefully a precursor of more things to come from Siakam. But the Raptors in building their lead in that third quarter before closing this game out 108 to 99, I think we saw a lot of impressive possessions from Serge Ibaka really pressing the Grizzlies on their own glass. You know, there's a verticality to Ibaka's rebounding game that isn't really created, or I should say recreated or emulated by anybody else on the roster. He can press teams in in unique ways that the Raptors don't have elsewhere. Same with Norm Powell with that downhill game. And so the Raptors being able to lean on Serge and Norm in this one, really helping them through the lulls of the game and helping them build up that lead that they eventually gave up. And just to touch on Marcus All before we get out of here, before I talk about the Reggie Evans Award, 
Marcus All doing a fantastic job in this one because he is not a matchups player. He's not a matchup center. You look at him being able to hold Joel Embiid to zero points in that game earlier this year. You look at him holding Jonas Valanciunas to zero points in this one. And for the record, Jonas hasn't scored zero points in a game since January 3rd of 2018. So it's been over two years for him. And so you're looking at, he's obliterating obliterating his matchup. He's doing fantastic matchup defense, but he's still most effective as a team defender. And so when you look at Marcus Saul, I think we don't talk enough about, as media members maybe, and maybe he doesn't get enough credit from us for his defense. And that's while acknowledging that he gets quite a bit of credit. But if there were to be a player, well, if, if we're, you're going to put two players on the all-defensive teams, if Marcus Saul had been healthy this year, I think he would have some heavy consideration for a defensive player of the year which is crazy at his age and this far into his career. And the fact that he won it, I guess, seven years ago, six years ago, I think 2013. So you look at a guy who's been able to play this type of cerebral physical defense for so long. It's crazy. It's it's very, very impressive. And that takes us into the, the Reggie Evans Award, which fittingly goes to Marcus All. I think it's it, the things he's able to do defensively, how good his feet are, the way he is able to manipulate his body so that he's always attacking these defensive angles and he's just so good at not fouling and just always being present. For example, he took a charge today and he actually fell down because there was that he got called for a block on Jimmy Butler even though he was set for like a full second before Jimmy Butler charged in in that heat game. But Gasol didn't go down so they called a blocking foul because he's bigger than Butler. In this game, he fell down, drew the charge, and it's just that ability to adjust. It's just he knows what def- what offenses are trying to do with him, and he's so good at mitigating what mitigating what advantages they're trying to create. He's just so good at reading what's happening in real time, doing it live, and just, wow, such impressive defensive work in this one. And even bringing that little bit of offensive punch as well with the corner offense and the split action stuff and just being able to make those passes above the break that he does adds so much versatility to the Raptors on both sides of the ball. And I think the Raptors have to make a very, very earnest effort to keep him in this offseason because I think he's a way bigger part of this second-ranked defense than people think. I think he is absolutely pivotal to what the Raptors do defensively. OG, Pascal, Kyle, Fred, all fantastic defenders, but I don't think it's possible without Marcus All, And I, I really do mean that. The top quick reaction comment doesn't really exist in this one, I think, because the top comment is voted up once, but voted down um, more than that. So I, I guess like right now I'm looking at the comments and it just looks like mostly infighting and people <laughs> being kind of negative and then people responding to that uh, that negativity with counterpoints on behalf of the Raptors and so mostly you know it looks like a little bit of a negative space in the the comment section so we'll just leave the comment section the top quick reaction comment out of it for this one which is the first time that's happened but otherwise you know I don't just want to read profanity or trolling or anything like that so usually for the most part um, the (laughs) the quick reaction comments have somebody who uh 
who has a nice read on the game or something interesting to say. But right now, just a quick glance, there's a lot of uh, infighting, which maybe we sh- <laughs> I should have seen coming with the Jonas Valanciunas aspect of this game and the fact that um, there are many accounts that are tied to Jonas Valanciunas fandom and there is some, uh, I guess, consternation or <laughs> disagreements around him, Marcus All. And there's also, yeah, basically just some trolling going on there. So I'll leave that where it's at. But the Raptors, they're the Atlantic Division champs. They've, they've got it wrapped up. They'll be in the two seed. They won't catch the Bucks. And so things are pretty simple, pretty, pretty safe right now. They can kind of see what they can do whatever they want to with the remaining games. Basically, they can try out some stuff. They can bubble wrap their players for playoff time. So we'll see. But altogether, very good things happening. I've been Samson Folk. Thank you very much for listening. Whether you've gotten into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Why do millions of Americans choose to sleep on Bolin Branch sheets? Is it the 100% organic cotton? Is it that they get softer and softer over time? Customers can't stop raving about these sheets, and there's no better time to try them for yourself or give them to someone you love. Right now, Bolin Branch is offering their best deals of the year, and you can get their incredibly soft sheets at incredibly low prices. Just go to bolinbranch.com to shop their best deals today. That's b o l l and branch.com today. See site for details. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.